Okay, it's Monday. It's January 4th. And the word of the day is enouement, which means the bitter sweetness of having arrived in the future, seeing how things turn out, but not being able to tell your past self. Used in a sentence, happy fucking new year. Enouement. <laughs> you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> What's the term for the relief that you feel knowing that now you doesn't have to try to explain all this shit? Yeah. <laughs> also, he said like someone whose past self wouldn't spend a significant amount of time asking how we got so fat. So check your... <laughs> check your... I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, House Republicans try to put an end to this silly democracy thing once and for all. Have you seen me pics of the Pfizer vaccine or showing up on the side of milk cartons? <laughs> and we play you the slideshow of our trip to 2020. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow Skeptocrats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, it's 2021. And I, for one, have never been more excited about a new, completely arbitrary number that the universe doesn't care about. Right. I really, really am. <laughs> you guys have any New Year's resolutions for 2021? Oh, 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 to kick everyone in the nuts who's acting like the year we have a vaccine for the plague and that Trump isn't president anymore won't be any different. <laughs> no, good one. Good one. Uh I feel like I don't do enough podcasts. Maybe I can do something about that this year. Ooh, you tease. Mm. You tease. Put in an application. They're hard to get. <laughs> in our lead story tonight, Trump found yet another way to be a loser last week. He did. It's like It's like he's trying to make sure that there is no form of loser that won't apply to him by January 20th. Uh, he is inches away from challenging Heath to a game of Smash Brothers and then having to spend the rest <laughs> of his life pretending it was all an elaborate <laughs> joke and he didn't mean to win anyway. How so, dare you, sir? That was some of my best work. My best okay. work. Uh-huh. All right. Um, and of course, the loss I'm talking about this time came on Friday when Congress rang in the new year by overwhelmingly voting to override Trump's veto of the annual military policy bill. This marked the first time that even the sycophants in the Republican-controlled Senate actually stacked together enough vertebrae to push back against. <laughs> yeah, it's like if Voltron just formed a government body capable of doing things. Well, <laughs> right, but three of the five lions literally had no spinal cord. Right. So they got yeah. like rubber banded to a big stick and they made Voltron <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Very quickly before they all fell over again. <laughs> um, now, a lot of media outlets have volunteered for the Sisyphean task of explaining why Trump vetoed this bill and thus a raise for America's military in the first place. Uh, but they're not allowed to use the term hissy fit. So they're forced to cite <laughs> some can. of the shifting justifications that he and his spokes lizards have offered uh, and they're fucking horrible like one is his repeated complaints about them stripping the names of confederate leaders from military bases and another is the law that won't let him sue what? twitter whenever somebody tweets about how small his hands are neither of those slots in really well under the reasons we don't want to give soldiers a raise during a pandemic excuse yeah. right <laughs> So even normally craven fucks like James Inhofe were publicly breaking with Trump on this show. Wow. See? Rough. 2021, already better. James Inhofe gave Donald Trump back the half of his friendship bracelet that they have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it up. technically it was a friendship snowball and it melted. 
Well, but, he, but he did, like, flick water at him. So that counts, well, right? <laughs> That's the important thing. Um, now, this capped a particularly devastating week for Trump in the Senate, of course. It came only uh, a day after Mitch McConnell shit all over his uh, blame duck populism Hail Mary to increase the stimulus payment from 600 to $2,000. Uh, on top of that, most congressional Republicans haven't committed to his latest futile effort to forestall Wednesday certification of the Electoral College results. In fact, an increasing number of senators are directly calling out the inherent danger of Trump's blatant efforts to overthrow the democratically elected leader and install himself as king of America. Uh, and, and, and by increasing, of course, I mean there are now two. <laughs> um, ben Sass joined Mitt Romney in admitting that that was a bad thing. Great. Yeah, ben Sass and Mitt Romney, the conscience of half of our nation's political parties, <laughs> yep. ladies and gentlemen. Yep, right yeah. there. So just to review... Uh, Republicans who listen to this show crickets the most reasonable <laughs> member of your national party started a company named after a Batman villain mm -hmm. with money from Central American terrorists yep. and he put a dog on his roof for a 12 hour drive that guy is the height of your morality. Well, and, and, and officially believes that black people turn white if they're ethical enough. That's yeah. the guy. That's the cream of your crop. Yes. And vice versa. He's saying he likes yeah. them if they turn. Wait. No. <laughs> delights so, them. He's letting yes, them be delights. Exactly. Them. Um, <sighs> uh, no, Trump responded to this latest slide on Twitter, uh, raging at the Republican Senate on the heels of a Senate runoff in Georgia for not handing more money to voters which plays right into Leffler and Purdue's throw our arms around Trumpism message, don't it? And, and bless his fucking heart, Bernie Sanders pushed for separate legislation on Trump's wacky demands, including the increased uh, uh, stimulus payments, forcing the House Majority Whip to quash the move and thereby move directly into Trump's crosshairs. <laughs> Such a good play by Bernie. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Uh, Trump started tweeting out ideas of, like, good GOP challengers to run against him in 2022 and, uh, uh, within a few hours. And honestly... In a statement that stands as my summary to both this story and 2020 as a year, if it wasn't for the fact that all of us were stuck in the middle of it, this circular firing squad would be hilarious to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and on that potent reminder that your government is still actively trying to kill you, I suppose it's as good a time as any to toss things over to this week's sponsor, Policy Genius. But that's not all. As soon as I get outside, there's this other doctor willing to buy a whole nother pint of blood from the other arm. Just like outside the donation center? Yeah, another he had doctor? his own van and everything. It was great. Hey, guys. It's guys, what, uh, what are you doing? Terrifying. Oh, hey, Noah. I was just telling Heath about all the awesome money-saving ideas I'm applying in the new year. Well, mostly it's just donating his fluids. The world wants my fluids, Heath. You gotta stop saying that. You That's really do, very especially during the ads. Well, why don't you just try reshopping your home and auto insurance rates with Policy Genius? I mean, you could save up to $1,055 per year with help from their licensed experts. Think about what you could do with the money you save. Ooh, I could buy other people's fluids. How does it work? Nope. Well, first, head to PolicyGenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then PolicyGenius does the rest. They'll compare rates from over 30 top insurers from progressive to nationwide to find the lowest quotes. Their licensed experts will look at all the ways to maximize your savings, including bundling your home and auto policies. If PolicyGenius finds a better rate than you're currently paying, you'll get switched for free. That does sound easy. It is. If you're a homeowner, make 2021 the year that you save up to $1,055 by simply reshopping your home and auto insurance. Just head to PolicyGenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. 
Nice! You know what? I'm gonna go get my blood back from Dr. Acula. Um, a guy named Dr. Acula bought your blood. Yes, he did. Okay. Scrubs. And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Sedition Edition news. House Republicans aren't even pretending to want democracy anymore. In a stroke of honesty as refreshing as it is terrifying, if you think about it, for even a fraction of a second. So, on January 6th, Congress is scheduled to certify the results of the 2020 election. However, in spite of less than zero evidence that Joe Biden's win was fraudulent, more than a hundred lawmakers are expected to vote to overturn the results of that election. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Good. All those people can go on the official record as voting to overturn democracy. You know, and then maybe we'll get slightly less horrible Republicans taking their seats. So that's fun. Welcome to the age of maybe slightly less horrible 2021. <laughs> it seems optimistic. I, I, I want to temper Heath's optimism with a reminder that it's it's also the age of maybe significantly more horrible, too. We don't know yet. Don't say facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, leading this cause is Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, who said this past Wednesday that he'll object to certifying the results and thus force a vote in the House and Senate. And according to two GOP lawmakers via CNN, at least 140 House Republicans are going to join him in this literal, that's the definition of the word, act of sedition. Yeah, right. Like, it's it's okay because you know it's going to fail. I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, do, I, I do have to say, it's exactly the right message that Republicans want to send ahead of the Georgia runoff, guys. Elections are a sham that don't count. <laughs> so, yeah. More than a dozen GOP House members have already publicly said they'll be trying to overthrow our government, including Mo Brooks of Alabama, Jody Heiss of Georgia, and of course, Jeff Van Drew of my home state of New Jersey, <laughs> who listeners might remember for switching from Democrat to Republican just to really test my belief in hell. Sorry, just writing this one. Jeff Van Drew's New Jersey for the <laughs> intro. Go ahead. Tough but fair. But if you're thinking all hope is lost, don't worry. We have, as we mentioned earlier, reasonable liberals like Mitch McConnell and Ben Sass yeah. subjecting to the treason. Uh, but that will not stop it from happening, just for nope. the record. Yeah, so that's fun. But I think my favorite desperate straw grasping came from Louis Gomert of Texas. He filed, <laughs> he filed a lawsuit that's barely even describable with words because right? it's insane. As far as I can tell, he's trying to sue Mike Pence into having the power to cancel elections? <laughs> yep. I, I don't know. And Pence wants nothing to do with it. Pence had his lawyers file a brief that basically said, okay, our client Mike doesn't even know that guy. Please don't let our client win slash lose into having a new power. We, don't, we can't really describe this in words because it's logically impossible. Here's an exact quote from that brief, by the way. That was an exaggeration, kind of, but... Here's the exact quote. A suit to establish that the vice president has discretion over the count filed against the vice president is a walking legal contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so my favorite sedition is Ted Cruz, right? Because oh. it's just it's another indicator that his goal is very clearly to be the smart Trump. 
which makes it all the more likely that this story ends with him and Andrew thrust into Mortal Kombat for the future of our democracy. And I've been looking forward to that for a while. Hell oh, yeah. come on. Jake Paul and Ted Cruz and Andrew in a boxing match. Let's and do Andrew's it. Andrew's even got the better beard now. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Uh-huh. That cinnamon bun is filled with white hot rage. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love about Ted Cruz trying to do it is he's very clearly the nerdy, shitty kid who saw like a bully push someone and people laughed. So now he's trying to find yes. someone he can yep. push. Yep. He's just going to get his shit kicked in by like the girl who <laughs> takes karate lessons on the weekends. And hopefully yes, Floyd exactly. Mayweather too. I don't know. <laughs> Floyd, I know you're listening. Get in there. Floyd's a big fan. Big fan. Girl, girl who takes karate lessons on the weekends. I know you're listening too. Actually, Please beat up so. Ted Cruz. Yeah. Everybody wins. So one other thing before I get all Twitter clickbaity, scary and horrible as this news is, it is not going to succeed. Joe Biden will be president of the United States, but that doesn't change the fact that hundreds of elected representatives are about to try to change that, knowing full well that to do so would overturn the will of the people. And more importantly, they're doing it knowing that there will be no consequences for their behavior. And that? That should be enough to scare the ever-loving fuck out of you. Yeah. You guys need to stop saying the true extra thing after the thing. <laughs> it makes the transition so awkward. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up in headlines. In hindsight is 2020 news. I've been told you're not supposed to do a roast at a funeral, but no, that's a dumb rule. I definitely want that when I die. But more importantly, Good. 2020 doesn't have a fucking choice. It's an open casket funeral and fuck your face. We're doing this. (laughs) That being said, the new year, it's a time of renewal and and positivity. So I'm thinking we should look back at some of the good stuff, too. I'll start with a few obvious ones, like when Rudy Giuliani delivered a press conference from the back parking lot of a landscaping company next to an adult bookstore and a crematorium, Mm -hmm. during which... We got to watch him find out in real time that Trump lost the election. (laughs) Yes, we did. Or, of course, when Ben Shapiro's wife told him that a wet vagina is disease, and then he proudly announced that. Or, one more, how about when that drunk racist guy got hit in the face with a twisted T so goddamn hard? So hard. I'm so happy you showed me that. (laughs) (laughs) It just... (laughs) So much explosion. Ah... 2020. Okay, so you guys have any other favorite moments? 2020. Uh, ooh, drunk Dominion lady, and when Donald Trump <laughs> got COVID, did you take him and do something fucking crazy with him? Did you yeah, it? she was. <laughs> she, was <laughs> she was great. Um, ooh, ooh. Uh, in February, I got on a plane and went to a place. Oh, remember that? It was nice. Oh shit, my son was born. Ah, uh, don't. Uh, also that. Also don't that. listen. Uh, <laughs> that was better. Yep. I liked that. I'm definitely leaving that in. As Use much as drunk two. Dominion lady. Important. Use two. <laughs> <laughs> so we also got some positive stuff from Twitter, believe it or not, about 2020. They normally do a big annual roundup with some fun facts about the past year. And they tried their best to make that happen again this year, but it stalled out real fast. So the 2020 year in review of Twitter was super short. They listed a few positive things. Then quickly descended into complete darkness like eli becoming self-aware in the middle of his cameo video that was hilarious by they, the way. they came back with a strong no they did yep. not want figured my character tyler bryson 
Well, on the positive side, Twitter reminded us about Tiger King, which (laughs) made me very happy. Tiger King was one of the top 10 most mentioned TV shows of the year. But we also learned that the number one mentioned show of the year was Big Brother Brazil. Okay. To be fair, Big Brother Brazil is just Jair Bolsonaro hunting a bunch of 20-somethings for sports. So that's <laughs> that's it's Plus, worth a mention. That's pretty much all of Brazil right now, actually. It's just burying an age and pronunciation of his, his first name. Yeah, you're so <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, pretty it sure is. it's Yair. It's got a J. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. Okay. It does. Why don't you tell us about President Joe Biden? <laughs> I want his name to be Joe Biden. I will tell (laughs) about President Joe Biden. So Twitter also mentioned that besides Donald Trump and Joseph Biden, the most (laughs) tweeted about person in the world was George Floyd. Uh, To be clear, that was a positive one. Yeah. A man got murdered by racist cops, but we started to acknowledge how that might be a problem. That that's what good news sounded like in 2020. And that really is good news, but it's kind of dark at the same time. And eh, then they ruined it by telling us about the most liked tweets of the year. That included Macaulay Culkin tweeting, hey, guys, want to feel old? I'm 40. You're welcome. Yeah, fuck you, man. Yeah, that was number four. And at number one, the announcement of Chadwick Boseman's death. That death announcement was the most liked tweet of 2020 yeah but only because ellen wasn't allowed to take a selfie with the corpse at the oscars okay (laughs) jesus christ well but that says everything about 2020 doesn't it like the the most liked tweet was that moment when something stung hard enough for us to all remember what it was to feel (laughs) remember feelings i don't most people do all right well, we also learned from social media how we, as human beings, respond to a tragedy. Noah makes a good point. Turns out the most common response to a global pandemic, for example, is, I could really use some banana bread. <laughs> That's right. One of the biggest trending topics of the year was banana bread. And if you look at TikTok, which made a big emergence in 2020, if you look at TikTok, you'll find that our other big response to a Global pandemic was, I could really use a 12 second video of a grown man on a longboard drinking cranberry juice. <laughs> that was the video of the year. Now, in fairness, I actually like the skateboarding guy in, in the video and I like Fleetwood Mac. But the point is, it's a sad fucking year when the biggest positives are the silver lining of a racist murder, a dessert with Bread in the name <laughs> and fucking cranberry juice. The oatmeal raisin of juices. We need to Thank be better you. this year. Thank you. Twitter's just rummaging around in the bottom of their garbage can. Okay. Uh, uh, a man took a deep breath and listened to a song. That's what we got. <laughs> Put it out. Put it out there. A guy breathed. <laughs> and in new kids on the block news tonight. Fantastic. Thank you. We learned from the International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, on Friday that Iran's nuclear countdown has reached two and a half. 
Apparently, Iran notified the agency of their intention to enrich uranium to 20%, a significant step towards production of a nuclear weapon that cuts into the all-important lead time between their decision that it's time to nuke some shit and their ability to carry that out. And while they didn't say specifically that the U.S. had until January 21st to fix that shit before they changed their minds, they did put a two-month window on that decision, insisting on a spot not too far below COVID on Biden's to-do list. You know... A big suitcase of money does sound better than leaving my shadow behind, but yeah. I, I understand that only 51% of voters think that, so. Yeah, no. right. Uh, yeah, it right. feels like we're Robert De Niro in Casino, and Mossad is like Joe Pesci, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know that doesn't make any of us the good guys in that scenario, but I remember rooting for Pesci and De Niro in that movie a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of an overreaction over a, a pen, though. Um, so the decision to turn the doomsday clock to 11.59, and I mean it, came from Iran's parliament in retaliation for the assassination of, I, I'm going to pronounce it, Mohsen Fakhrizada. Don't put fuck in your name Lazy. like that, man. Get names uh, right. Yeah, right. Fakhrizada uh, was the nation's top nuclear scientist <laughs> until he was killed by what uh, Rand described as a remote control weapon. Huh. Because... Because, well, you know, if we tried to hide it, maybe we'd succeed, I guess. <laughs> also, Joe Pesci is our drone, too. Cool. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Can we go back to the suitcase of money thing? <laughs> right. Right? Um, and, and, and as weird as it feels on my tongue to say this, like, I kind of admire the, the Iranian parliament's restraint on this one. Because, like, holy shit, can you even imagine Americans if somebody killed our leading anything over anything? Like, I feel like our Congress would vote in favor of nuking whoever didn't vote in favor of nuking. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, hey, have we tried telling Congress that COVID is a brown person? They'll be <laughs> masking up and hunting people with vaccine drones in the street. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have Jim Crovid laws the next day. Oh, right away. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Um, now, regardless of this latest assassination, this has been a long time in the making. Right, Iran's threats began the minute Trump tore up the Iran nuclear deal for no other reason than the black guy did it. Under the terms of the deal, Iran agreed not to enrich uranium beyond 3.67%. So in the wake of Trump's unilateral new sanctions after he tore that deal up, they upped the enrichment to 4.5%, right? Which is very clearly the kid who's been sent to their room putting part of one foot on the threshold in defiance, <laughs> right? Uh, but... While 20% is a long ways off of the like 90% or so enrichment that they would need to make actual nuclear weapons, it's a hell of a lot more than 4.5%. And when we're talking about our relative distance from nuclear holocaust, every little bit counts. So, you know, come on, the 20th. Come on. <sighs> and in vaccinated around here somewhere news, in absolutely shocking news this week. The administration that couldn't get away with crimes that half the country don't even think are crimes was not up to the task of the largest logistical project in our nation's history. Weird how this didn't turn out to be the one single thing they were good at, huh? Huh. Or crazy. even managed to do correctly. Yeah, so it's hard to say where to start on how bad things are going with this vaccine rollout. Let's start with the big ticket item, which is that the ironically named Operation Warp Speed has fallen drastically short of its goal of vaccinating 20 million people by the end of 2020. According to the CDC, at the time of writing this story, on December 31st, 2.8 million people had been vaccinated, which, Jesus. for comparison, is like if this podcast had ended somewhere in the middle of the opening. <laughs> yeah. 
And people still think there's somehow a hoax going on. So, like, what's the conspiracy theory now? Right. The, yes. The government is turning us all autistic inefficiently as a cover. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe the administration is just so committed to the after the election, you'll never hear about it again line that they have to communicate now in gesticulations and grunts. Oh. Right? Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, Eli, distributing a vaccine is harder than making a podcast, which is true. However, unlike this podcast, Operation Warp Speed has had almost a full year to plan this distribution and hundreds of billions of dollars in budget. Man, what a show we could make. Right? Holy show. Oh, my God. That'd be a good show. That'd be a good show. Real fuck tour. It's also worth pointing out that falling this drastically short of your goal isn't a good indicator that you're crushing it on the other organizational stuff involved. To to go back to our podcast metaphor, chances are if our podcast had ended after the intro, the first headline that we were gonna do but didn't wouldn't have been great. Right, yes. Right, except we're all aware that headlines are real things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure we got a huge team that's mostly trying their best with this vaccine rollout, but some amount of that operation is people who think the whole thing is a hoax. So now they're acting like a kid being told to set the dinner table, but they don't believe that food exists. And they think <laughs> forks are crisis actors. What the <laughs> fuck is happening? Oh, but don't worry. We're not just fucked on a large scale. We're also a country filled with idiots. So mm -hmm. we've had two massive fuck-ups so far that we know about. So first up, and you probably already heard this piece of news, there was a pharmacist in Wisconsin who allowed 500 doses of vaccine to spoil by leaving them out all night like they were Thai food leftovers he was pretty sure were going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's good. I'll just put a damp paper towel over the vaccine, microwave it tomorrow. We're fine, yeah. right? <laughs> now, I want to point out that as of writing this story, it is unclear whether or not this was intentional. Like, originally, the medical group involved released a statement saying it was an accident, but then later statements have made it seem more intentional. And while the offender is currently under arrest, 57 people were given expired doses of the vaccine, which very, very luckily don't hurt you. They're just ineffective. Right. Yeah. Well, to be super clear, though, it's... It's unclear in the sense that Andrew makes us say allegedly before shit, right? Like they, they don't arrest you for accidentally leaving shit outside of a refrigerator. Yeah. But that's not all. Far less widely reported was the fact that last week in West Virginia, 42 people were accidentally injected with COVID-19 antibody product Regeneron instead of the vaccine. Yeah, what? Okay. They, they don't have labels on the side right. of the what? thing? What are they labeling the boxes that that happened? You got to ask. So my favorite thing about this story is it like is, a rebus? You have to figure <laughs> out a riddle? Box said COVID-19 antibodies. Why would that not be the vaccine? You guys are crazy. Okay. But my favorite thing about this story is the statement CBS has from Dr. Clay Marsh, the state's COVID-19 czar, who said in response to the incident, quote, the product administered are antibodies that fight COVID-19. In fact, this product was the same one that was administered to President Trump when he became infected. While this injection is not harmful, it was substituted for the vaccine. But 
This occurrence provides our leadership team an important opportunity to review and improve the safety and process of vaccination for East West Virginia. (laughs) Well, end quote. They needed to inject 42 people with the wrong fucking thing in order to go back and review (laughs) whether they should inject people with the wrong fucking thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Bonus control group is nice and all, but I, I'm not really stoked about the learn what we can safely inject into people through trial and error idea they seem to be endorsing. <laughs> oh, so. Check. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, I don't want to come to you with problems and not solutions, dear listener. So hear me out. We get Dr. Clay Marsh, pharmacist guy, maybe a couple other important folks at Operation Warp Speed, and we the rocket launcher again allegedly allegedly Allegedly. we do that hear me out one i think we can all agree that watching a guy rocket launcher great way to start the new year and two while yes it would be sad for those far less people because i guarantee you if we did that for the next however long of operation warp speed people working with the vaccine would be like did i lock the fridge i'm pretty sure i did but you know what i'm gonna double check because i don't want to get television while Katy Perry sings Firework. Mm, potential hiccup. That's exactly how I want to go. Though. Okay. Right? See? Yeah. Throwing out ideas. Oh. Batting them back. <laughs> We're just spitballing here. <laughs> and finally tonight, we learned that 2020 was the year of the banana bread and the cranberry juice, and that's not great. Mm-mm. But most importantly, it was the year of Donald Trump losing. And that is great. And now that we know he's on the way out, and in the spirit of our New Year's episode, it feels like we can finally stop yelling about his Nazi stuff just for a second and remember some of his fun, horrible moments. So you guys have any favorites to start us off? Oh, dang. Remember when he said to inject bleach in sunlight? Mm, that was nice. Remember that brief, wonderful moment where you thought maybe, just maybe, he was going to die of COVID? Oh, <laughs> oh, it was the best night. That was the best. Was he great. was all scared, alone. Mark Meadows was exposed as well. Yep. Great. That was great. <laughs> so I'm realizing it's kind of weird to be doing a bar mitzvah video for a Nazi, but here we are, yep. 2021. So everyone play a little Green Day, time of your life in the background. Let's think back to a few more memories. So you remember back in 2017 when we had a solar eclipse? <laughs> and remember how every single news outlet told everyone over and over, please don't stare at the two nonillion kilogram ball of hot plasma without wearing protective eyewear? Yeah. So while that was being announced on a loudspeaker at the White House, I'm sure, Trump walked out onto the lawn and stared Directly into the eclipse. Yep. Whilst a team of camera people took pictures of his retina getting melted. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part, besides the, the retina thing, is how he pointed at the sun with his finger to show that he knew it was in like the up area. <laughs> yes. Psst, psst, Malala, you guys are looking at the big yellow one, right? Yep, big <laughs> yellow one. That's the, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> This has been fun and all, but I thought we agreed we weren't going to bring up the 2017 eclipse. Anymore. Oh, <laughs> it's painful for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to a different one. Sorry about that. Another one of my favorites is about a month later, a 10-year-old kid from Virginia started up a lawn mowing business <laughs> and sent a letter to the president asking to be hired to do the White House lawn. And Trump said yes. 
So the kid's mowing the lawn and Trump walks outside to say hi. But the mower was on and Trump starts talking over it anyway. And that is when a genius camera guy realized, wow, he's <laughs> trying to talk over a lawnmower. This is going to go very badly. And he started taking pictures. So we all got to see a photograph of the president of the United States fucking screaming at a 10 year old child. <laughs> did, did I tell you my idea for grass poison? So you wouldn't have to mow. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to mow anymore. He can't hear me. He can't hear me <laughs> like grass poison. His loss. All right, so so he doesn't know how seeing and hearing work. What's next? Standing? You know what? Never mind. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, withdrawn. <laughs> so we got a couple more Trump highlights. But first, we need to talk about a Mike Pence moment because Mike Pence earned himself a slot so hard. He was getting a tour of the Kennedy Space Center, and the director was showing him one of the components of a new spacecraft they were building. And thanks to another genius photographer, we got to see a picture of Pence with his hand touching that equipment literally an inch away from a large sign that says, critical spaceflight hardware, do not touch. Yep. <laughs> and that's how the aliens gave us COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy was put in charge of our COVID response after that. I mean, they wouldn't charge as much as anybody else was, I mean. Just like a fucking child with a hot stove. He's reaching his hand. He's so stupid. God. All right, next up, we have Trump's phone conversation on Christmas Eve of 2018 with a seven-year-old girl. She called NORAD to see how Santa was doing, and NORAD sent the call to the White House. So Trump starts talking to this little girl, and he says, quote, <laughs> are you still... A believer in Santa? <laughs> <laughs> so knowing, seeing, hearing, standing, all beyond him. All okay, beyond to be fair, him. he may have just been hoping she could pass along a message about how we're defining naughty this year. I mean, <laughs> Looking for a lobbyist. <laughs> all right. That brings us to my all-time favorite. This was during Trump's trip to Saudi Arabia. He was in Riyadh visiting the Global Center for Combating Extremist Ideology. And Trump didn't seem to realize it was less of a press conference and more of an intervention. Regardless, <laughs> they have a magical glowing orb at the facility on top what? of like a serpentine metal pedestal. No idea why this building would have a doomsday button for the lair of a steampunk evil queen. <laughs> but they do. They have that there. A fantasy steampunk evil queen, no less. Yeah, I, no clue. But Trump decided he needed a photo op with him, King Salman of Saudi Arabia, and President el-Sisi of Egypt, all touching this ridiculous object together, like they're activating a three-part puzzle ring of the apocalypse. And a little while later, we had a plague and murder hornets. I'm just saying the button works. It's a Yeah, that's button. true. No, that's fair. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Back to yelling about Nazi stuff forever. We're going to yell about that forever. He's gone. Doesn't matter. He's around. That, still. Was, He's still that was the end of the good news portion of our program. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Happy fucking New Year, everybody. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook. Followed us on Twitter and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, 
please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Benjamin, Lucy, Udo, in rural Illinois, I pronounce it amicus. Sadly, everyone else pronounces it that 5G Bill Gates vaccine will destroy your DNA. Mm-hmm. Also, Reggie, Mark, Christine, Brett, Melinda, and Jaden, whose beautiful dicks and vaginas deserve their own bar mitzvah montage video. Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. Heath, did you make a bet in 2017 that you could work every song from your eighth grade dance into our podcast? Because you have to tell us that. And I won. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I did. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people. If you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows. Skating Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed. Available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide, or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Oh, I didn't win the bet yet. That's next. Uh, well, you said rolling. Yeah, you uh, said rolling. I, I said well, ready I on you... rolling. Oh, n- absolutely not. No one heard what I heard. But, well, ready on rolling doesn't, I mean, we don't say rolling normally. And uh, so, yeah, I, I thought that's what you meant as well. Okay, so. but literally I said ready on rolling and Eli's incorrect. That is exactly what I said. <laughs> that, t- t- no, it's, it's what you said. Yeah. I just, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm rolling now. You did this to me on purpose, right. Ethan, right? You know it. <laughs> Still rolling now, rolling. Oh, Don't stop. <laughs> Seriously, did you hit stop? No, of no. course not. No. <laughs> oh, of course not. <laughs> because you're a professional all the time, and I'm you, professional. you you don't commit to bits just to be obnoxious. <laughs> he said, blowing his nose into his mic. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. That heater has to go. It's gotta go. <laughs> Swear to God, that heater didn't kick on until you said the word now. Unfucking <laughs> You were like, ready? Now. My heater was like, now? Now? How about now? Now. Okay. Now, now. We're recording now. for like 45 minutes. Just be a, a, a degree cooler than you normally would be. Never! I just, I, I've recorded for hours with no air conditioner. So is Heath. Yeah. I know. Windows closed. Our, our human bodies are capable of such a wide range of... God damn it. That's right. Your <laughs> human bodies are capable of such a wide range of... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Introduction. Here we go. Tay-Sex. It, what? <laughs> Tay-Sex. It's a Tay-Sex. You can't <laughs> just say Tay-Sex. Well, that's my can, word. Though. I can. <laughs> I can use it as a slur. If I see a Jew walking down the street, I can be like, what's up, Sacky? That's what we call him. <laughs> You're not even Jewish. I was started that way. <laughs> it's like how Rachel Dozel can say the N-word. It's not. Yep, it's the opposite it's exactly of that. like that. It's exactly like that. Yep. <laughs> I was about to say that same thing, but in the correct direction and <laughs> ruined it. No, no, because she also can't say that. So what about Sacky? Is she Jewish? <laughs> I don't know. She looks Jewish. 
She's at least as Jewish as Eli. Huh? She's at least as black as I am Jewish. Everybody's at least as Jewish as Eli. Is. <laughs> Except for Jewish. Well, at least, yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So so then she can definitely say Saki. There you go. I, All right. Well, that's settled. Okay. Introduction. Let's just release this as the episode. <laughs> With Heath constantly going, okay, intro. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Now, intro. now go. <laughs> or just a bunch of beeps with Heath going like, dude, you can't just say that. <laughs> Coming after. Him. No, it's like Rachel Dozel. Yeah. <laughs> You've got good material to get me in trouble there. Okay. Dolezal, Zarathustra, we're settled. It's Monday. It's January 4th. I'm out. I'll do it real. It's Monday. I'll okay. do it real. It's Monday. <laughs> I'm rolling with the punches, man. Yes, and. <laughs> oh, I stopped recording because no one's rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I panicked. I said rolling. I said I did say rolling. There you go. Thank you. Apology accepted. Great. I've now said it an odd number of times so he isn't recording again. <laughs> I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm recording or not recording. Okay, introduction. Are you recording? <laughs> I am recording. <laughs> Okay, it's Monday. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.